2: Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor,
3: full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension. Just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerack.com The way tire buying should be.
2: What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, 3 and Out podcast. Happy 4th of July weekend. I actually recorded this podcast. And then I deleted it. And I'm typically pretty good with this technology I use to, like, recover stuff. I could not do that. So I spent about 40 minutes doing a full-on mailbag. And I'm going to have to do it over again. But, you know, it's the cost of doing business. I only have myself to blame. It's Fourth of July weekend. I was like, you know what? Should I just not put something out? And I was like, you know, I'm better than that. What would Sabin do? What would Belichick do? What would Vince Lombardi do? What would Middlecoff do? I'm going to re-record it. Now, I had about 45 minutes. I will see if we go that long this time around. Uh, but what, what I figured I'd do is because of kind of lighter stuff, not much going on, fire through your questions. Uh, at John Middlecoff is my Insta handle, obviously. And for a lot of you guys slide in, we do it every we, we do it every show. And you DMs wide open is my name, at John Middlecoff. And just leave a leave a message, and I will answer the question on the show. Well, today, we're just I'm going to clear out my messages, because I got so freaking many, and I need to get that inventory sold, right? So uh, that, that's what we're going to do. We are going to clear out a bunch of questions. I appreciate everyone that's gone to Apple or iTunes and left a review uh, on the podcast, three and out. Subscribe to that as well. I get a lot of people that ask me, should I go to Colin, should I go to yours? If you go to mine, you'll always just get mine. Obviously, Colin is Colin and a bunch of other people. But if you go to mine, you get three and out. I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to that podcast as well. I also want to apologize. Sometimes I don't get people's questions in and they DM me. They get really mad. I don't have a secretary. I don't have help in terms of going through this mailbag. It's just me and my DMs. And I got a lot of dudes in there asking a lot of questions about the pigskin. And sometimes I get lost your question gets lost in the shuffle I'm not trying to be an asshole I'm not doing it on purpose but it's happened countless times and I think people think I'm avoiding their question I'm definitely not sometimes I just miss it I I just have a lot of dms I, I, I just can't keep up with them all sometimes not you know I say it not to make excuses but that's a legitimate excuse so let's start with this a guy that I've misplaced his question several times so what I did is I wrote it down I wrote it down when it comes to defensive players, Junior Seau is my favorite player I've ever watched play the game of football. In this new draft that we just had, do you see anybody that resembles Junior and the way he used to play? And I, I always struggle with this, unless it's like Andrew Luck, and he is really—he's an outlier. When you compare and you start putting guys in draft classes that they're going to be, Junior Seau was a 12-time Pro Bowler, an eight-time first-team All-Pro, probably one of the greatest players. Honestly, he's almost underappreciated, but a guy that probably doesn't get the proper recognition that he deserves because he was a star player. And part of it might be playing for the Chargers and Dean Spanos, but Junior was a stud. I mean, think about this. The greatest coach in league history Wanted to get him immediately and loved him in Bill Belichick. So I, you know, I, I don't think there's anyone in this class. Maybe I, I like Kenneth Murray a lot, but I don't know if he's ever going to be Junior Sayout. Now, Grant, iron, the the irony there I can't even speak is that he also went to the Chargers. But I think Junior Sayout. I'm looking at what was he drafted? I mean, Junior Sayout was a fifth pick in the draft. I would use the comp. Uh, of Junior say, out of, like the last decade, probably be Luke Keekley, a guy that was dominant against the run, dominant against the pass, just a high level guy, and just a complete badass. I would say Luke Keekley is someone that reminds me a lot of Junior, you know, just height, weight, speed. I mean, Junior was a taller linebacker, he was like 6'3, 250. Keekley was like 6'4, could run, could move, was a fluid athlete. I mean, just an absolute stud. I honestly kind of forgot my first couple years in college, that Junior Seau played for the Miami Dolphins. I'll be completely honest. If you told me, who did Junior Seau play for? You had a gun to my head, I'd be like, the Chargers and the Patriots. Completely forgot about the Dolphins, run. Matt, do you think rookies should start negotiating an out after their second year to make more money? Almost how arbitration works in baseball after the third year. The difference, though, is that a baseball player can go into arbitration, like you said, after his third year, but he's under contract for six. So when I finally make it to the big leagues, that team has me for 6 years under control. In football, even as a first rounder, I only have you for 4. Now there's a 5th year option, but that option mandates if I pick it up and I pay you under that 5th year, that I pay you the top 5 at your position the average salary. So it's an elite, you know, top end, high end money if I pick up the option. And if you're a really good second or third or fourth round pick, you usually get extended after your 3rd year. Think Michael Thomas Michael Thomas far out exceeded being a, you know, second round pick and got huge cash going into his fourth year. I think Dak Prescott somewhat of an outlier, but it's a little clearly a little more complicated because he's a quarterback. Uh I, I kind of like the way the NFL does it. You know, even if you're, uh, you know, George Kittle, look at George Kittle's looking for a new contract. It is after his third year and he's probably going to get it. Worst case scenario, he plays this last year for like $2 million. And gets either franchised or huge money, you know. If he was a baseball player, he would still have two years under contract after this season. So it's really difficult. I think the NFL is really fair that way. I actually think baseball is really unfair. It's why they're going to have a strike or a lockout or however you know whatever the term is in two years because they have a new collective bargaining agreement coming up and it's going to be a disaster. <clears throat> Do you think the hoodie cares about the punishments? I mean, losing a third rounder doesn't matter because they always get multiple comp picks. You know, I got that situation red flagged a little bit. I, I don't understand for the life of me. Now listen, any person that's high level at their profession is looking for every edge. Whether you're Jeff Bezos, whether you're Bill Belichick, whether you're the best professor at UCLA. You're always trying to gain an edge. But I don't understand why... And listen, the Patriots tried to act like Belichick had nothing to do with this. In my experience working in the NFL, the only reason you would send a guy with a camera to a press box and then have him film the opposing team sideline or the team that you were going to play was for an advanced scout. So they could say all they want. They were just showing you what a scout does. And maybe they were. But if you were the Patriots, given your prior history, in what world would you send a guy and not have tell the team where you were sending him what he's going to do? Now, obviously, if they did tell the Bengals, they would never have allowed that. Wait, Bill, you're sending a, a camera crew because you're trying to do a movie or a video for your website on your advanced scouts. When you're playing us in two weeks and you're you know you're shooting our sideline, this doesn't add up. <clears throat> and Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft, they wouldn't care. The only people that care about signals coming in are football coaches and the and the front office. So I don't know necessarily what the advantage is. There aren't really even signs anymore. Everything is through a mic, like the green dot for the middle linebacker and the green dot for the quarterback so you can communicate with the offensive or defensive coordinator. But clearly Belichick thinks that. So I, no, I don't think he gives a shit about the punishments. I don't think he cares at all. And what's Jonathan or Robert Kraft going to do? Yell at him? Fire him? I mean, that's not an option, right? So, I think Belichick kind of has the franchise by the balls. As a Jets fan, I believe Sam Darnold is the franchise quarterback for the team. But with the incompetency of, incompetency, that's a tough word to say, of Adam Gase and the lack of talent on offense, the Jets have not done enough to put him in a situation to succeed. With that being said, do you think it is possible the Jets give up on Darnold too early? Especially with a monster draft of quarterback prospects coming up in Lawrence and Fields, I googled it earlier today. Sam Darnold just turned twenty-three years old. Let me repeat: he just turned twenty-three years old. He's he's be in the league. This will be his third year. He is very, very young. He left USC almost called it UFC. USC after his redshirt sophomore year. You, he couldn't leave college any earlier. They would be insane if they got did anything with Sam Darnold. And that being said, I don't think they will. He is a blue chip, blue chip. Yeah, I mean he's close to a blue chip. He's a big time quarterback prospect. And last year, even with mono, a terrible roster, a weirdo coach, a GM getting fired in training camp or right before training camp, he went seven and nine. Can you imagine? Their offensive line should be better. Their defense should be better. The team should be better. They should win eight or nine games this year. Like, Sam Darnold, I like Josh Allen, and I like the Bills roster and coach a lot better. Sam Darnold is dramatically better than Josh Allen, in my opinion. Like, if both teams could choose, you would take Sam Darnold. Unlikely scenario here, but I think it's interesting. Now the Pats got Cam, they'll probably be the favorites to win the division. Again, however, as a Pats fan, I think the defense is being overrated. That's, they still have an elite secondary, but the linebacking core went from good to average after Collins and Vanoy left. As well as the defensive line is pretty average. I think if somehow they sign Clowney to a back end deal, uh, three years, forty five million a salary for the upcoming year could be about ten, and the next two years about seventeen and a half. Belichick gets an elite talent that fills a need. that Clowney can prove he's a difference maker, along making close to eighteen million two of the three years. He's a Patriot. Patriots would have to do some work to create cap space, but he can be but can be done by extending or trading Thuny along with extending Gilmore. Sorry for such a long message, by the way. Next year, they have over $80 million in cap space, so it's not a big issue, big picture. I I like where your mind's at, because Belichick loves a value. He loves a deal. I mean, he he just dreams of signing players for cheap. The problem with Clowney is, he even relatively speaking, he's not that cheap. One. And two, he's an underachiever. He doesn't play that hard. Think of the guys Belichick has messed with over the years... They've either been an elite talent that produced at an elite level, like Randy was early in his Minnesota career, and I think Belichick just viewed the Raiders as an incompetent mess. A Gilmore blue-chip guy that he signed from Buffalo, right? I mean, a height, weight, speed, just a guy that he could mold and he'd studied closely in that division. And then guys that he's had on his own team that he knew, like a Seymour, a Logan Mankins, a Gronkowski, I don't think he's... When does he ever mess with a guy like Clowney when he still has to pay a lot of money? Because I, I just... Clowney's just not worth that type of money. He, he just... I just... I just don't see Belichick going for a guy that doesn't always play hard, who, you know, has been... I mean, Seattle technically wants him back, but they clearly has a have a price. So unless Clowney is so out of his mind he's asking for some number that's just insane, why wouldn't Seattle just take him back... They've been around him for a year. He's just, it's weird because Clowney is a good player and he's still an underachiever. That's just not usually the type of guy Belichick messes with. He messes with overachievers, Welker, Hogan, Edelman, those type guys, or guys that he thinks are just all in on football, that just love football. Think about the defensive guys he's liked over the years. Brewski, Vrabel, Rodney Harrison, Hightower, uh, Vince Wilfork, McCordy. Even Collins started being a pain in his ass, got rid of him. Uh, Chandler Jones, naked, high on weed. See ya. And Chandler Jones is, I don't know, best pass rusher in the league. I mean, one of them. It, he, he likes he likes all-in football guys, especially on Winovich. Think of what Chase Winovich is. Just plays hard all the time. I just don't – he would like Aaron Donald, not Clowney. No, of course, Johnny, like Aaron Donald. I, I, I meant like he just likes guys that play hard.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
3: Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be.
2: Question opinion for the pod. Russell Wilson is definitely a top three quarterback, no denying the talent. But something about him rubs me the wrong way. During interviews on social media, he sounds so fake and scripted. Am I wrong? No, I think it's the biggest knock on him. He just sounds like he's a walking infomercial. Now, personally, I like guys with a little personality. I like guys that will just be real. You know, and just whatever your personality is. Just be who you are. Don't be a fraud. Now, is Russell Wilson being a fraud when he just is always trying to sell you something or he's giving you the PC mumbo-jumbo, and I mean that in football terms? I don't know. I mean, I just, I watch Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or some of these guys can just be normal. You know, sometimes I watch, and I love Russell Wilson. He honestly might be my favorite player in the NFL. He is a spectacular player. He's just a little cookie cutter for me. And, like, I I like Sherman's more my type guy. I don't always agree with everything he says, but I know I'm going to get what he really thinks. When I watch Russell Wilson talk, it's like, does he even believe what he's saying? Does he? I don't even know. You know, I I don't know. And you can be, like, kind of a square and not be viewed as that, right? Like, I... When I watch Drew Brees talk, I just, yeah, Drew's nerdy or whatever, but he's he's Matt Ryan. Like, you don't need to be, even Brady over the years had a little personality. I think Russell was just, I don't know. I mean, I I remember the character stuff coming out of college was pristine. You know, he was, he has elite character. I think Andrew Luck's kind of similar, but I think Andrew's a good example. Like, you could watch Andrew give a press conference, and your takeaway was like, God, this guy's a nerd. You know, but he, he was from Stanford, but you never felt like... He was trying to sell me a car, and that, that, that would be my one knock on Russell, and he's one of the most remarkable athletes in my 35 years of being a sports fan I've ever watched. I, I would pay to watch Russell Wilson play, and I have a couple times. I've seen him play live, I mean, I don't know, four or five times now, and he's he's a badass, but my God, he just a little corporate for me, and, and listen, it's part of the deal with being a quarterback. Peyton Brady but there's a balance to it right I mean I'm not I don't need Baker Mayfield but I I, you know maybe maybe it's who he is I I don't know him personally uh but I'm with you I I, I'd like a little raw and real Uncle Colin I think the media and Uncle Colin are missing the entire picture with Baker Mayfield he's had four different head coaches under three seasons and two of them were absolute train wrecks Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson even with these setbacks, he's managed to bring some wins to a franchise that had been a laughing stock for years. What effects do you think having so many head coaches in such a short period of time does for a young quarterback? How much success do you think Baker would have had if he went to Belichick, Andy, Kyle Shanahan? I'm in sales and I see a ton of super talented sales reps have their careers ruined by bad managers, while I also see a bunch of average reps make a lot of money because they receive great leadership. Thoughts? Well, that's not even arguable when when you are working for a company, when you are working with partners, you are especially when you are not as high as them on the totem pole, you are dependent on them. You need their ability to be if not at higher than yours, on par with yours. And I think it's a pretty common theme in the history of America. Sports, business, you name it. A lot of talented individuals have failed because of the direction of way less talented individuals. I bet everyone listening, especially if you're probably like over 35, who, and you had a couple jobs, could relate, right? I've had one really bad manager in my life when I worked in radio. It's like, I, I think my dog was more intelligent. And it tanked my radio career. It was a disaster. And I also felt like, you know, I, I had been in an intense, like working for Howie Roseman is not easy, but I'd been around smart people. Hell, I, the guy that hired me originally in radio was really smart. You know, I worked for Pat Hill. I it just I, I knew what it, impressive to me. Like whether you work in a football office, whether you work in a radio station, whether you work in finance, to me it's pretty easy to spot. And I, I've always thought there's nothing easier to spot than a slappy. Now it takes some time because you can hide it a little bit, especially in middle management. But in the NFL, what's crazy about a guy like Freddie Kitchens is it was an embarrassment when they hired him. You could not hire Freddie Kitchens. And they did. And it was one of the most embarrassing hires of the last decade. You could argue Tom Sula over Harbaugh, or you know they fired Harbaugh for Tom Sula, basically, was a more embarrassing hire. Here's where I'll defend Jim Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula is one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL in the last several decades. He is a seven-figure defensive line coach he's making seven figures with the Cowboys he made seven figures with the Washington Redskins he was making I think seven figures when Harbaugh was a coach he is an elite defensive line coach what is Freddie Kitchens elite at is he a tight end coach like is that what he is I, I Freddie Kitchens is a hundred thousand dollar coach Jim Tom Sula as a position coach is a million dollar man now head coach no business being coordinator probably not either but he's a big time ball coach is Freddie I don't know I, I don't know So yeah, if Baker had been with Andy Reid, with Kyle Shanahan, with you know Sean McVay, with any credible coach, Sean Payton, he'd be fine. I've seen him with Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley, and he kicked the shit out of people. And this is coming from a guy that had to walk on the program, immediately wins a starting job, they go to two out of three years, they go to the college football playoffs, and he's lighting people up like a Christmas tree. And his senior year was unreal. And as someone that had money on the Georgia game, they should have won that game. They blew it. But I've seen Baker now with Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens. It's a disaster. You know, I I saw Alex Smith with Mike Nolan and Michael Singletary. He was a laughing stock. I saw him with Jim Harbaugh and Andy Reid. He won. A lot. Went to the playoffs every year. Alex Smith, same guy. Mike Singletary, joke. Jim Harbaugh, wins. Mike Singletary just got fired as a high school coach. thing with coaching is, you know, I I would imagine, like in what I do right now, podcasting, radio, the difference, it's all kind of a cup of tea. You know, there are going to be certain individuals you like. I I think Colin is, you know, probably, he's definitely the biggest sports radio show right now, but I think why he's one of the more popular media guys in my lifetime. Very relatable. uh, Very... You know, I mean, he's got his quirks or whatever, but he's actually pretty normal. I, I've been around him now multiple times when he's been with his staff, you know, Goulet and the crew, and he couldn't treat those guys any better. Like, he's just a high-level guy, and he a really impressive guy. But you'd argue, like, the difference between Colin and, you know, Dan Patrick, like, we're n- kind of nitpicking. Like, most guys in the media now, they're, you know... It's all kind of just personal preference. Like, there's not really personal preference with coaches. You're either good or you're not. And the difference between, like, Sean Payton and Andy Reid and even, like, uh, Cliff Kingsbury or Dan Quinn. Oh, you can go Dan Quinn. The guy who's been in the NFL for a while is, like, the size of the Grand Canyon. Think about that. Like, size of the Like, the difference of these jobs where you got to manage people To me, and and then obviously coach, you know, it's a double whammy, right, being a coach. Like, as a manager, if I run, you know, a a Home Depot, I manage all these people, but, like, the products are kind of selling themselves, right? Part of being Andy Reid or Sean Payton or Bill Belichick is managing all these people, your coaches and your players, and then we actually have to physically go do something on the field every day. So, I just got to manage you like I would normally. Like, if I ran a business, like, you know, the guy's late for work. uh, One guy is sick. The other guy just had a baby. Like, all the normal shit people, managers have to do. And then I have to manage their football ability. So, it's a double whammy. You're like the CEO of a company just with humans. And then you got to factor in their talents, coaching, and playing. You got to manage all that. Like, as a manager, the products are the products. You're not making, you know, if, if I run uh, Best Buy, it's not like I'm constructing the iPad in the back. If John Middlecoff shows up to the Best Buy, I just went third person, and I want an iPad, they ain't selling me or pushing me toward the iPad. It's just, I know what I'm looking for. I want to go look at it and put it in my hand. Where Belichick, like, you're constantly molding the product, which is your actual football team. It's a very, very, very difficult job. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. And that's back to the Cleveland Browns, Stefanski, I listened to this podcast he did with Woj. Uh, his dad's an NBA exec, so they kind of did this crossover. He is an impressive guy. He's smart. You know, I've just seen his pictures. He looks the part. Uh, I think he played at Ivy League. He ran a really good offense last year, his first year coordinating. But to think and just assume that he's going to be able to just be the manager of a football operation, let alone be good enough to coach it, is. It's always the great unknown with coaches when you hire a first time guy. Like for as great as Kyle Shanahan is now 3 years later, I didn't know any of this when we got him. When he showed up to the Bay Area, I was like, "Yeah, you know, you know, tall skinny guy, Mike Shanahan's kid, runs pretty good offensive coordinator." You don't want to turn, you don't think I'm most impressed just watching Kyle Shanahan in my backyard for the last 3 years. Is how consistent he is as a human. Like he never gets that mad on press conferences. After wins and losses, he kind of reacts the same way. He's got like the millennial, whatever the next generation is, version of Belichick. Now, he's not as angry daily as Belichick. And I saw, it, I saw it the same thing with Andy Reid. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. Pretty consistent. And it's it's actually much rarer, obviously, for younger people because we're a little more emotional, a little less mature. It's just human nature. I'm saying we're like, I'm 35. Kyle's only five years younger you mature as you get older, but there's a big difference between maturity at like 64 and at 40. And you just never know that until you see it. And then knowing some of the guys on the team and having interviewed them, just like, God, Kyle's just so consistent with us, so good with us. You just have, you see a lot of coaches, they just freak out because they're just overwhelmed. Again, you are controlling the football operation and managing people like you're a normal boss. It's a double whammy. It's I can't imagine how difficult it is. So it's like, you could argue the amount of money they get paid, they had to pay that much. I mean, shit, you'd lose your mind. Assuming 2020 season goes off without a hitch, who is more likely to be the starter at their current team in 2021? Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, or Cam Newton? To me, this is a no-brainer. It's Drew Locke. Gardner Minshew was a six-round pick. If they lose a ton of games this year, the guy would probably be gone. Cam Newton, the contract details came out on, uh, when is this, Thursday? Might have came out Wednesday, I can't even remember now. He's making like, He got like $500,000 guaranteed. So, you know, if it were to go bad, you could say, see ya. Two questions about Oregon football. But let me just spit some facts first. Oregon has signed five five-stars in the last three years, and the rest of the Pac-12 has signed two other five-stars. Both are Washington. Oregon's last three years has signed the 7th best recruiting class, the 12th best recruiting class, and... And so far this year, the sixth best recruiting class. Oregon is also returning one of the best defenses in the nation. What do you think of Oregon's ceiling is over the next five years? What do you think of Mario Cristobal now? I underestimated how great of a recruiter he is. He's a relentless recruiter. And I think the only guy that would even be in that kind of breath, I guess Lane was kind of like that when he got the job from Tennessee, but it was much more difficult because they just got sanctions. When Pete Carroll was signed, he changed the Pac-12 forever. He, was, he turned it into a national recruiting base because he signed people from everywhere. And whoever the best player was in Jersey, he'd get it. Whoever the best player was in Michigan, he'd get it. Whoever the best player was in Florida, he was coming for you. Whoever the best player in Texas was, Pete Carroll wanted you. Before, it was like, ah, oh, let's just go with L.A. and get some dudes from SAC and maybe a dude from Vegas. Well, Pete Carroll was like, screw that. Uh, the best player in Georgia, I want a shot at him. And you know what? He got him. And I think Mario brings that mindset. You know why? Because that's the mindset in the SEC. Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, Ed Ogeron, Kirby Smart, Dan Mullins, Spurrier. I mean all uh, Les Miles, all the guys that have coached there in the last, you know, two decades. It's an aggressive recruiting player. It's dog eat dog. And I think Mario, who comes from Saban, has that mindset. And he clearly is really good at it. And Oregon recruits itself. I mean, it's got Nike, they have a history, they win a ton of pros. I think the key is this: their defense is legit. Their defense is really, really good, and they're signing guys left and right. their are stars on defense. Their offensive line under Mario is going to be legit. He's a offensive line coach. Saban had him as the offensive line coach. He's going to recruit pros and stars like that's their offensive line is going to be top notch. Oregon's always got quarterbacks, so they're going to have a guy throwing the ball. Last year, their their wide receivers and running backs were terrible. Texan with Jeff Schwartz. Played at Oregon, played in the league, probably follow him on Twitter. He was texting me during the season. A part of it was early in the Auburn game, I was shitting on Mario. And he defended him, and he was right. The team was, it was a a buttoned-up operation. Even in the loss to Auburn, it was an impressive game. Even though you could argue Mario got a little tight down the stretch, whatever. Their running backs and wide receivers for the Pac-12, to me, are average. Like, they should have a couple NFL wide receivers, And I don't even just mean first-rounders. Guys are just draftable players, a draftable tight end, and star running backs. When I think Oregon, I think, you know, Ontario Smith. I think Jonathan Stewart, Kenyon Barner, LaMichael James. Like dudes that would gash you. And they didn't have that last year. They had a star quarterback, star offensive line, and they didn't have any skill guys. And they still won the Rose Bowl. But, you know, to beat Auburn, to compete in the playoffs against the Clemsons, the Bamas, the Ohio States. Like you need Zeke. You need Amari. You need Michael Thomas. You need Nick Chubb. Like, it's just the cost of doing business. You need Paris Campbell. Like, you need, uh, think of all the dudes Clemson, T. Higgins, uh, ETN, you know? Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams. Like, you need those dudes to win natties. Look at Oklahoma. Just to get there, they need CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, Samaji P. Ryan. Joe Mixon, Mark Andrews. That was just to get there and compete with Georgia. They still lost. Had all those dudes. All those dudes lost. Took an L. Think about that. It's like you need, you need NFL players at the skill positions. And obviously a good defense, which they're going to have. But if they got NFL skill guys, they'll have a chance. I'm pretty impressed with myself that I redid this. This was an uh, early test of my will. with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoying myself. So, my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die What are your thoughts on the Vikings this season? Specifically, do you think the acquisition of Justin Jefferson will have a significant difference in their offense and is the secondary and the rest of the defense primed to bounce back? Defense will be fine. I know they cut Everson Griffin. Uh, They got rid of Xavier Rhodes. Trey Wayne's left in free agency, but they still got Hunter, Kendricks, uh, Barr, Harrison Smith. The other safety is really good. Zimmer's a defensive wizard. They'll be fine. To me, it's offense. Stephon Diggs, a little bit of a diva, no dispute in that, had 163 catches the last year, or the last two years. I think 165 catches the last two years. So if you average that out, that's, what, 80, basically 82 catches a year and 15 touchdowns the last two years. Like, that, guy's, that guy produced. Jordan Jefferson's, or excuse me, Justin Jefferson's going to catch 80 balls this year? Like, they needed that guy to produce, and he's a slot receiver. The one thing Diggs did is stretch the field. You have a sweet running back, you have Thielen working over the middle, and you got Diggs going deep. And they were just kicking everyone's ass. Now, the tight end, they have, uh, is it Otis Smith, I think? He was a rookie last year. I know a couple guys from, I've had multiple people from the Bears tell me that they they are high on him. They think he's got a chance to be pretty good. Is his name Otis Smith? I don't even know. I don't know why. I might have to look at the Vikings roster, but. So, the other thing is with Kirk Cousins is that he's very dependent on the other guys. Irv Smith, excuse me, not Otis Smith. Irv Smith, Irv Smith Jr., who I think they drafted in the second round. Excuse me, the fifth round. Am I looking at the right guy? Oh, typed in Cameron Smith. Irv Smith Jr., he's a second round pick. Cameron Smith was a dude that went to USC. It's hard doing research on the fly. Yeah, the t- kid from Bama. He went to Alabama. Irv Smith Jr., talented guy. I think he's got a chance just from talking to different people. people I know people that are high on him. Uh, sorry, I called him Otis. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'd i say the Vikings anywhere between 8 to 10 wins. It just depends how good the Bears are. If the Bears are good, the Packers might come back to earth a little bit and the Lions stink. So that's a weird division. because you still got old Rodgers, but... Okay, let's end on that. Happy 4th of July. Uh, Try to smile this weekend. Try to enjoy your family, your friends. Have some dogs. Throw back a few pops. Go for a little swim. Go for a walk. Be nice to your girlfriend. Be nice to your wife. Be nice to your kids. I'll just try to be positive in this miserable world we're living in right now. And, And get ready. Football season is not that far away. Adios, Godspeed, have a great weekend.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap
0: music to your ears. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.